Hello, and welcome to episode seven of 35 Minutes. I'm your host, Gabe Malika. You clicked on my bearded face, so you know what I look like. That's good. We have a really great podcast this week uh, with a very funny classmate from the class of 2010. We're going to go on a string of students or people, <laughs> students of uh, former classmates of mine from the class of 2010 in Garden City High School. That's the that's the, what looks like I have on the slate. Uh, the run upcoming is a lot of 2010ers. So I'm looking forward to that because, you know, I keep in touch with a few people and then everyone else I sort of see on the periphery and I'm enjoying catching up with people. And I hope you are too. Uh, so this week, uh, you know, it's Jenny Klepka already because you clicked on her name too. Uh, and we'll get to her in a second. But first we have, uh, we have a quick ad, two quick ads, actually. The first 35 minutes is brought to you by Huckabee. Huckabee, a political commentary program following the basic format of a talk variety show on TBN hosted by former Republican Arkansas governor, Mike Huckabee. Remember him? It premiered on Fox News on September 27th, 2008 until January 3rd, 2015, when Huckabee ended his show to focus on running in the 2016 presidential election. What happened during that election? I, I, I feel like I can't remember, but I don't think Huckabee was involved. Uh, oh, let's see. The program returned after the election, this time to TBN. The TBN in, in Carnation premiered on October 7, 2017. It also repeated on Newsmax TV. Nothing like learning from Newsmax. It's the maximum news of <laughs> everything I disagree with. And also, 35 Minutes is brought to you by Tummy Time Technologies, a soon-to-be interactive app designed for the buffest babies. Tummy Time Technologies. It's never too late or too early for gains. So thank you too for sending those ads in. I appreciate it. We're going to do ads every week here on 35 minutes. But uh, yeah, this week we have Jenny Klepka. Jenny is a comedian, a writer, a, a hilarious person on and off the stage. Uh, we linked up post-college going to improv classes at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, the UCB, where you take classes and try to get on a team. We talk about that. Um, we talk about the pit and the magnet a little bit too, which are also stages and improv schools and places where you can see improv shows uh, for long form improv comedy and sketch. And we talk about stand up too, which excited me that Jenny is uh, has her eyes set on that too, which I love. Uh, yeah, it's a great episode. Jenny's hilarious. Um, and kind and really thoughtful. I really appreciated the thought and care and uh, grace that she had in the in the chat. And I'm not surprised by it, but it did delight me. Um, so here we go, everybody. Enjoy the very funny and charming class of 2010 member, Jenny Klepke, everybody. Here she is. Hi, Jenny. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm fine. Um, it's it's nice to see you. Are you in Are you in Brooklyn? I am. Yes, I'm in my apartment. Oh hell yeah! Did you like? Hell did you yeah. boot everyone out? Did you like? I'm. I have a podcast today. No, my boyfriend is just off uh, screen playing video games with his headphones on. So. I love Michael. Tell Michael hello. <laughs> oh yeah. What's I he playing? You, uh, uh, NBA. 
Hell yeah. That is, yeah. Hell that's, yeah. That's what happens around here. <laughs> um, I have the window open. I don't know if like, because I don't have a microphone. Oh, I think, so... you're, I think you're, you're good. I think. Okay. I'm worried because yeah. I'm doing this on my dad's computer for the first time because I didn't bring my laptop charger. So um, I'm like, we're in a new frontier. Yeah, we're, um, we're figuring it out together. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. And like... I don't know. I was like, oh, if the worst thing happens, I'll have to just talk to Jenny twice. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What else uh, are we doing these days? Yeah, we have nothing else. <laughs> we have nothing else going on. Um, yeah, I know your your boyfriend from comedy and we took up. <laughs> this is about this is about you. I, we don't have to talk about the men, but um, we we t- <laughs> we took that class together on late night writing. And I think it's so funny to have taken a class with Peter Gross because yeah when you explain him to people, like he's so successful. I would kill for his career, <laughs> but they're like, you have to be like, so, you know, like those old Sonic commercials with the two guys, like not the one with all the jokes, like the straight man, like he taught my class. The other guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think he's great, <laughs> but that's how you'll probably know him. Or it's like, uh, you know, the president show. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> the president show. Yeah, the viewership could fit in UCB East. No one has ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so it's such a strange thing, right? Like like we know these characters so well, just like people in comedy. But if you would ex- like trying to explain it to like your mom is like a certain version of hell for sure. Yeah, yeah. Or like <laughs> or <it's, laughs> I just thought about like being home and seeing a commercial and being like, oh, there's Lewis. Yep, yeah. <laughs> oh like, yeah, Lewis. Yeah. Someone like unscrewing a light bulb like in a random <laughs> uh, AutoZone commercial or something. You just, just shout so your. Painful. You just shout your the class you had with them. Yeah. We're like two hundred one UCB. Catch one one. Sketch one. <laughs> Sketch one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. Why don't we, why don't we go back and talk about this? Because we, so we both do comedy in New York and we both do sort of do it with, in different flavors yes. with overlap with like yeah, yeah, a hearty yeah. amount of overlap. Um, but you're like, um, from what I understand, like you love like improv and sketch and like, that's where like you're concentrating a lot of your time. Am I, am I right in saying that? Yeah, totally. Is this how we started also? Oh yeah. This is like the okay, cool. um, <laughs> part of it. Yeah. 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 Um. Um, yeah. No, you would be correct in saying that. I, I, I dabble in that trifecta where it's like at any point pre pandemic, of course, because nothing's happening right now, but yeah. I would be doing improv sketch stand up, like at least two out of the three, but very sporadically. Yeah. Yeah, because when I when we sort of like linked up post college, it was one of those like, hey, we're both doing this like crazy thing, and we <laughs> remember we went to jams together. Yes, Jam- like so, this is a lifetime ago, but only like four years ago or something. But it I seems know. like forever. It's wild. Yeah, yeah we were in our mid twenties, and we were <laughs> we yeah. weren't jaded yet. Yeah, seriously. So, so like yeah. what I remember, like we were, I was taking improv at UCB, just like a couple classes and like the way it works, right? Is you take classes and then hopefully you get on, you meet people who want to make comedy with you and you make the next broad city yep. or whatever. Yep. Um, Basically post-college college. Yeah. Yeah. And like it was insanely expensive, but also relatively yeah. like for college. Yep, this um, is true. Um, but also like insanely expensive, like shouldn't have been that expensive. But like a jam, we would just like go to these like random spaces 
and you would just do improv with like 50 year old men who were condescending. Yes. Oh <laughs> yes. It's all coming back. I do remember going, I remember going to a pit jam with you mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's the same condescending man I have in my head. Um, but what a weird time that was those those jams felt like you'd like black out and the jam was over like it was yeah. just a, a whirlwind it was yeah. fun but then it was also strange and yeah awkward. you're just like trying to find your people yeah totally. um and like when we could link up it was like we got a cup of coffee we're like in new york city we're in chelsea <laughs> we're like doing the thing oh, yeah i think i remember meeting you meeting you outside of the pit and you were like eating a sandwich or you had just gotten that sounds like, like soup me. or something <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that's classic game that's the game i remember <laughs> <laughs> but like like literally no basis for that no uh, no it's just totally like fine. man get gabe's a, a great guy <laughs> um yeah i i what a uh what a weird time that was that was so much fun though i do look back on that uh solid like three years of my life of like going to jams like consistently going to open mics and all of that and just being in the thick of it all but then also like you mentioned before emptying out my bank account for comedy classes yeah yeah it it was so much fun but it was just like very it was not sustainable i was exactly the words i was going to use yeah it was not sustainable but like it was it was exciting so like it felt worth it you're like this is like how i'm gonna meet cool people i mean you got it it sounds like you got a boyfriend out of it so you really yeah i did (laughs) (laughs) we we did we met in a in an improv workshop and like a character based improv workshop that's Um, amazing where yeah do that it was ucb affiliated and it was um i one of my teachers his name is anthony apruzzi Mm-hmm. He, um, he was doing these workshops outside of class and they were so much fun. And it was like the same cast of characters went every time. So you would see all these like fun, exciting people in these classes. And Michael is one of those people that I would see all the time. So funny. And I just like asked him to join um, my improv team. And the rest, as they say, that's a beautiful thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, good for you, Jenny. That's um, I, I would be lying if I weren't saying I was jealous <laughs> because I've met a lot of people. It's luck of the draw. Yeah. Sometimes you get lucky. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. Do you remember what character you and he were doing like that first class? Oh, my God. What a, uh, it, the class was there. There was a lot of characters happening where you would basically have to make up characters on the spot because it was an improv workshop. So you would be, you know, practicing for if you're in a scene and all of a sudden you're doing a character. Um, I, I can't even tell you like one, I, during that time in my life, I always fell back on doing an Australian accent. And that was <laughs> because I had like dated an Australian person very briefly and mastered his accent <laughs> for better so or for funny. worse. So I always would fall back on that. And then there's, you know, I would do my mom. That was a, a character. <laughs> um, Isn't it yeah. so funny? Like even in, in, in improv, 
where it's like you're making it up, the input is always like the same as the output. Yeah. Where it's like, if you're writing jokes, you're probably going to write jokes with the things you're thinking about. If you're doing improv, you're probably going to, oh, Australia is now in my vocabulary. Mom, I have 25 years of this. Yep. Um, yeah. It is so interesting. Funny. Yeah. It, it overlaps. It really does. And, and you're all you have, you know? So if you're writing the jokes, that's, that's you on a piece of paper. Yeah. I was thinking about this before, uh, before, this podcast and I was like just thinking about how because obviously over the past year I have not been doing any comedy I'm you know front-facing videos are like what people have been doing and it's just not my thing and that's okay but I'm you know over over the past year I've been like thinking about it a lot and I feel like consistency is such a big part of of anything and I you do stand up a lot of stand up and so I've always had a relationship with stand up where it's like the only person that's keeping me motivated and like held accountable is me and so because of that it's like very hard to keep it going like keep the ball rolling yeah no I mean I'm struggling with that too um and in like the what does the new world look like? It's not like, yeah. oh, you, in the old times, it was like, here's 15 mics, like pick, find the three that aren't intolerable or there are yeah. the least intolerable. Um, but like we're rebuilding from scratch. And I was talking to my friend, Lizzie Cassidy the other day and I was like, oh, can you tell me like what the good mics are? So when I move back in June, I can go to them. She's like, well, some of them started like, some of these guys like started doing Zoom comedy. Yeah. I haven't performed in front of people yet. And I was just like, absolutely not. <laughs> and like I, I don't want to be like the in college we we referred to it as the um I remember my first beer guy who's like I'm a junior like you guys are freshmen like look at your lanyard and we always took the approach of like you should be empathetic because 20 months ago you were the guy with the lanyard so like don't be a jerk like have a little empathy yeah but, it's so, a cycle yeah it's a and it's because it's so fun and easy to be like freshman like whatever yeah um, but. Yeah, I guess just like do I, you know, maybe I'm more resentful that I can't be doing that. I should have been doing more Zoom comedy or some bullshit like that. No, I don't think I don't know. I don't think that's the kind of thing that's like here to stay. You I know, hope not. I think it's just the the duct tape that everyone put on comedy during this whole thing. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of I used to love doing the pit mic like in the attic. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done that? Oh, I've done the attic. And the pit's closed. <laughs> So it's like, the stages, where's right? my attic? Yeah. Yeah. That's a real, we're going to have to rebuild it together. Yeah. We're gonna, we have to like Imagine. repopulate the world with comedy. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's very, I am legend. Um, very super. I am legend. Uh, if only I had a dog or, <laughs> but it, it does feel that lonely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah. With that rebuilding, like, do you, like, what is, what do you hope the next year is like, like, what are you excited to do? Are you going to try to do improv and like work with the team and shit? It's, it's interesting because before the pandemic, I wasn't doing a ton of comedy. I, mm -hmm. I went from being a barista where I was like doing comedy anytime I wasn't being a barista to like working for a tech company, which is like way more demanding. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I'm like, my energy was not the same as it was like my like drive wasn't the same. So I really 
like I was doing a bit of sketch, like my sketch team had moved to doing more like videos um, mm-hmm. my versus sisters too, yeah. live sketch. Yeah. Cause it's nice to have something like tangible after doing a, a show. Yeah. It's yeah. like doing doing live sketches one impossible. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so difficult to just get all the timing right, like have the jokes hit. Like when you do um, video sketch, you can just snip, 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 and then the Fix timing is perfect. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have Fix Gary Malfa chop it up if you're made. Yeah, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Gary. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> he made. I made something with him, and he just like made a joke where there wasn't one. Like just like with a clever edit. And I was like, oh my God, I was like moved by it. I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. Editors are the real geniuses. Yeah. They find gold. Um, Okay. So you're making videos or some videos with your friends. Well, yeah. Before the, before the, the old pandemic. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I, I want to do more stand up, and Mm. I, it's so funny. Like when I, when I was doing a lot of stand up. Um, you're, I'm going to tell you this and you're going to be like, you're not a real serious person about comedy. No, 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 no. (laughs) Believe me. This is not me being like, you have to like, I've done so little this whole year. You're fine. Yeah. It's just, well, even when, even before, like when I didn't have an excuse and there was no pandemic, I would write, like, I would write a bunch of jokes for a mic and then go up, do my little set and it would be the first time I was I would ever be like speaking the jokes out loud like I could not for the life of me ever practice my bits like before getting up on stage oh yeah it's kind of impossible yeah I could never and I like after each mic I would change 75% of the set and I just like hated preparing I hated preparing and practicing and like doing it in front of a mirror I would record myself but never listen to it just like the the account of accountability the vulnerability like of just being like i that's what i love about improv too rambling Mm. at this point that's what i love about improv is like going to perform in front of an audience and doing no preparing at all (laughs) like i loved that because there's more at stake when you do five minutes that you've crafted and you've put however many hours into it so if you bomb it's like, wow, I've spent all that time working on this and it didn't even fly. And like that, like take him on the chin kind of mentality is, is so much harder than, than like easier said than done. Yeah. I mean, it's why comedy is filled with such crazy delusional people. Yep. <laughs> and like why like 80% of mics, you're just like, this guy probably doesn't have it. Or this, yeah. You know? And um, yeah, it's... um. It's a tricky thing. I don't think you're alone in that. And I think like the se- the changing 75% of the set and stuff like that, like it happens to me all the time. Like I just have these yeah. promises sometimes where I'm just like, that'll never see the light of day again. I'm glad nobody saw me. <laughs> um, I have this dream of one day having a website where I, I, I record all my sets too and I very rarely listen and just putting them all there. Wow. And just That's... like, this is, you want to know how I got better? here's the sets (laughs) and like i'm kind of terrified because i probably said things that i wouldn't want people to hear yeah you know what i mean like i probably i would sleep on that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean like i just like like it's that pete holmes thing right it's like here's all of it 
Yeah. You know, and like, you know what, you know what you might do? Okay. Here's my suggestion. Yeah. You're like an old decorated comic, right? (laughs) I'm never, gonna be, like, I'm never gonna get old i'm never gonna get decorated well you never know <laughs> you're an old decorated comic and like uh there's like a fan that's like hey man i really look up to you like please like meet me for coffee and like look at all my jokes and then you can show up and like hand them a flash drive and on that flash drive is all of your uh, every all of your I've material <laughs> yeah it's my library of at alexandria or whatever whatever they say yeah Yeah. or we'll upload it to his brain or wherever we're at yep yeah we'll see in 40 years that's yeah that's probably (laughs) smarter jenny maybe i i didn't run this by anybody this is why i need an editor yeah anytime Um, we can talk we can hash it out yeah um but yeah i mean like like stand-up's tough and like truly at this point like it just like is the it's the way that i found that like I'm best at expressing myself, but like, I love, like my sister does improv and sketch. Yep. Shout and out like, to Kay. Yeah. Always. Um, <laughs> and, and she's hilarious. And I think like one, there's nothing wrong with that. You sort of just like, what I've realized about your twenties is that you just like, keep like, you become like a cliche of yourself. So like oh, all yeah. my friends are like just getting more themselves. <laughs> like my friend, Nick, like has never been more Nick. <laughs> today and tomorrow he will be even more nick i think uh, that's beautiful yeah yeah for better or for worse that's beautiful i don't i don't feel that way about myself i feel like i'm really like yeah oh my god i feel like every every year there's a different version of jenny and i, and I look back and i'm like who who was that person that said that thing a year ago <laughs> like someone completely different than i am now Whoa. But maybe that's just like a living inside your head kind of thing. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Like, interesting. Okay. So how was like, how was your pandemic? Because like, mine was sad and I like moved home and I, <laughs> I just, and, and at first out of necessity and then like out of like, what am I going to move back for? Yeah. Um, but now I finally am. So like, there's like a little bit of a light, but like, how was your pandemic? I mean, you were with your boyfriend in Brooklyn. Like, what was that like? Yeah. Also, we can edit that out when I laughed harder than I should have when you said your pandemic was sad. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, um, Jenny, we only, we only edit out things that I say that I <laughs> regret. Is, let me tell you how this works. Edit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my pandemic was not as bad as other people's. For sure. I think uh, I didn't have to leave. Um, I didn't get sick or anything. Uh, So I think like it could have been a lot worse. But in terms of like going outside and like being a human and like breathing air and like seeing other humans, like I definitely missed that. It was got pretty dark at times. Like I remember there were like uh certain movies and shows that i couldn't watch because they like anything remotely existential i was mm-hmm. like nope 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 like gotta just watch you know uh <laughs> barney for a year because <laughs> i can't handle anything else um yeah just like drill bit tailors of the world like that's what that's that the level. media that i was consuming yeah um, i feel that yeah, but otherwise, like, it was okay, you know? It was yeah. okay. Like, yeah. sad, of course, and strange, but, yeah. Um, yeah. And what are you, I guess, like, what are you most looking forward to about this next year? Are you going to, like, whether it's creatively or just, like, socially or? 
Like, Great do you have question. anything that you're excited about? I guess not like not particularly like there's a, a big event, but just like going out, seeing friends and having that not be like uh, such a an out there thing. Like I uh, I went out and saw my friends like a week ago and I was like, wow, like that was a big outing for the month. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it becomes this like event versus just like, oh yeah, I went out with friends the other night. So kind of a return to that being able to just like see people. And I live in a studio apartment with my boyfriend and that plus pandemic, it's like, it's us all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> or like his thoughts are my thoughts and vice versa. Like it's, <laughs> it's very, very close in here. Yeah. Who could have, what neighborhood are you in? Downtown Brooklyn. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. I'm not, I'm there ever so often. Maybe I'll come. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Come say hi. It's nice down here. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, okay, Jenny. Well, um, there's a couple things I want to talk about. One is that, um, you know, you, one, like, I think you're so funny and like, I love watching you do improv and like sketch and like, I just like scrolled through your Instagram today and just like lolled a lot. Um, <laughs> like there's so many like stupid little things that just like got me cracking up. Um, but maybe this podcast has turned into like a high school thing. And like, I think my reluctance to do it at this point is like funny where I'm just like, I didn't mean to, I don't, cause like, I wouldn't, I might not have gone to the 10 year reunion. Like I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy who's like, Hey, everybody's here. But what I want this podcast to feel like is like, we're at the 10 year reunion and somehow you're just like behind Leo's it's four in the morning and you're just oh, like God. with someone <laughs> random and you're just like, have started talking. And I'm like, Jenny, like what was the year like or whatever? But like the party aspect of it, like I wasn't going to go. Like if there were like a new star Wars movie, I would have been like, I'm I'm going to do that instead. You know what I mean? Like I have no, like. Totally. Um, no, I feel the same way. I feel like once I start thinking about like who I was actually friends with, I'm like, Oh, those people, like they would be there. Like, that's great. They're yeah. good people. Yes. Um, but I love that. So this is, we can, this is in lieu of that 10 year. I guess so. That we didn't get. Yeah. A little bit in a way that like, again, like not my intention, but just like what people are responding to. I'm like what I'm kind of responding to too, where it's just like, just like setting a, an hour aside a week to just like have a conversation and zoom feels more natural than it's ever felt where I'm just like, Oh yeah. Like, we're in the same room. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about high school because you, you know, I was in like every play. I was like kind of insistent on it in a way I that remember. was like kind of annoying. Yeah. And, um, and so like when it was time, when I like decided like, Oh, I want to do stand up. Um, I was like, I wasn't comfortable as a stand up yet, but I was like, I knew what it was like to be in front of people a lot. Like, and then choir and barbershop quartet and like all these things. Like I'd been in front mm -hmm. of mostly old ladies. My like sweet spot was like, I performed for a lot of old ladies. I had made like several old ladies cry oh, from singing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. One time I sang God bless America and my voice cracked and I was so embarrassed. I was like, Oh, cause I had like taken a nap before the concert, like a real idiot. And then this person came up to me and was like, it was so moving that you got emotional during God bless America. <laughs> And like, I just had to lie. Like, what are you going to say? And I was just like, I'm glad that you enjoyed the concert, but like, it's not because I love America, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm a real um, freak for America. Yeah. I just love, I just, I just got moved. And so my question for you, Jenny is like, where does this, 
performance impulse. And I don't even necessarily mean like as a career, just like the impulse to like get in front of people in a basement and like tap in and tap out and like make jokes. Like where does that, where did that come from? When did you like decide it was time? What a great thing for me to think about. You know, it's weird because I don't, it was never really on my radar growing up. Like I was, I was kind of on the periphery of all the plays and things like that. Like, um, I, you know, in the, in the, the play where you are Conrad Birdie, I am reporter number two. <laughs> so it wasn't really like, I, it, I knew that, um, people that like to be on a stage were like my people, but I wasn't necessarily like, and I am the star, you mm-hmm. know, I think, um, I just love comedy in general and I love being goofy. And I think growing up, like my family, was like we always watched like Chris Farley movies and things together like we always like to quote movies and just like laugh and I think that that's probably the seeds that were planted for wanting to do comedy and to make people laugh yeah remember when movies because we didn't have short form TikToks to send each other and so like there was a real monoculture right like if you knew the Tommy Boy lines, yeah, like bees, bees, they're everywhere. <laughs> like you were, you know, you were halfway there. Yeah. Um, what were the movies you guys loved, like in particular? Um, so Tommy Boy was huge. We loved Tommy Boy. Dumb and Dumber, of course, is a big one. Any any kind of Chris Farley sweet or Jim Carrey sweet, we were very into. Mm. Um, and then just random ones. Uh, like rat race is popping up in my oh head my like God. any dumb I love comedy that like that like rat race loved. is so good aj and i the other night were like we need to reboot rat race like who's our 12 people in rat race i love that movie mr donald sinclair is like the so good john cleese oh john cleese is the greatest i so i met i i went so i was in edinburgh after college and i was very lonely and i've mentioned this on the podcast because like my best friend my girlfriend fell in love and like the students are 18 and all the teachers are in their 30s so i have nobody to hang out with ended up making one friend who became a stripper um, but not at the time. At the time, she worked at the school. Anyway, so one day I'm sitting in a Starbucks alone, just like it's like a Friday night, nowhere, to, nobody to hang out with, no plans, just like fiddling away in my notebooks. And I look You're up. You're not my, about to tell me that John Cleese walks in. Almost better. Okay. <laughs> which is that I I look up and there's a poster for John Cleese, and it's all these tour dates. And I go, oh, it would be nice to see John Cleese speak. And I look at the thing and I'm like, oh, Edinburgh, and I'm like, oh, like that's today. And then I'm like, oh, it's in 30 minutes. And then they're like, and then like the location. So I pull it up on my white iPhone 4 and I swore, I'm like, oh, it's a two minute walk. <laughs> and so I just walk over, buy a book and got to see like John Cleese speak. And it like was one of those like Amazing. serendipitous nights. And I asked him a, a question about the Muppets about because he's in my favorite Muppet movie, which is the great Muppet caper. Um, and his big thing was like, they were too concerned about the Mupp, they were too concerned about the animatronics. He's like, they should have cared more about the jokes. And I was like, this is exactly like the John Cleese shade that I need. Wow. I love it. So you got to talk to him. (laughs) Yeah. And like a Q and a style. And like, he was like annoyed that my question took too long. Cause I was in that post-college, like string ascendance together vibe. Now I'm all about getting to the point. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love that. I love the, those are the best nights, the best days where you do something spontaneous and like one thing leads to the better thing leads to the best thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you're just like, yeah, you got to be open to stuff. That's like the magic of New York, right? Like, cause in Edinburgh that happens a little bit, but in New York, there's always, John Cleese is always speaking like a block away. If you just like know yeah, where to look, if you know where to look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, okay. So you loved, so you love that stuff. And, but a lot of people love that stuff. Um, so when does the, I got to get on stage, I got to take a class start to come in for you? You know, um, I moved down to Brooklyn Mm -hmm. to just kind of like go somewhere. Like I was living in Albany after college for a while and I was like working at like this awful job after like right out of college. And then my car like was totaled. It's like, it's such a weird serendipitous like string of events that led me to move in uh, to my apartment in Brooklyn in 2015. But when I came down here, I like sort of was dabbling in comedy when I was in Albany, Mm -hmm. Um, like wrote a lot of jokes at my desk job and stuff. And I would listen to podcasts all day. Yeah. And I remember listening to like, uh, my favorite thing was like the Harris Whittles drop-ins on like comedy bang bang like those are the greatest greatest ever incredible when he'd read the the jokes that he wrote down yeah like in his phone yeah Yeah, phone corner yeah 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 um so i loved that and like just loved comedy in general and then when i moved down here i remember uh obviously ucb is in new york or was in new york r.i.p and i remember talking to mel johnston about it and she was like you should just do UCB, just like take a class. And at the time I was like, what? I was like, am I, I'm not, I'm not funny enough for UCB. And she was like, just take a class. Like anybody can take a class. So yeah. And then I, I remember just feeling like, oh, wow, these are my people. Like everybody is so friendly and supportive and like funny, you know, and, and uh, totally fell in love from there. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's so nice to have a, yeah. Mel had that NYU student confidence of like people take UCB class every <laughs> every douchebag and every bar I've ever met. Some you can Jenny, you're hilarious. Know. Like I I didn't know that UCB had that reputation. I like because anytime I heard about UCB, it was like LA UCB in LA where like all these amazing people uh, do comedy and like New York and and um and so I didn't realize that like when you get to New York, everyone's like, oh yeah, UCB. Like I took one oh one and it's true when you get in these classes it's like such a an amazing array of people that are like trying to open up and be a better public speaker and uh just be more comfortable like uh on stage or whatever because maybe it was a part of their job or they felt like it or they were an actor trying to loosen up in their scene or whatever Mm -hmm. um just a really like wonderful group of people yeah yeah do you remember so we got to go back for a second. Do you remember your favorite Harris Whittles phone corner thing? Cause I have one that's just like, I only remember one really, to be honest. And it's where he says, he just like, he's reading from his phone, right? He's reading jokes that like he hasn't done on his on stage yet. And he just goes, why are farts funny everywhere, but the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> 
it just makes me laugh so much. I'm just like, oh yeah, you ever been in a bathroom and somebody farts? You're like, whoa, something's going I, on over there. But like, if you're with your perfect, friends. What yeah. a perfect, perfect thing. Incredible I I like the greatest hits that like Wi-Fi because Fi. Um, oh. <laughs> we also had a like a a joke about wheat thins. I don't know if this was like a phone corner yeah, joke, but, but I love the wheat thins. Call me when they're wheat thicks. Yeah, give me that is, wheat. <laughs> give me that wheat. Is um he tags yeah, every joke. Just... <laughs> He'll do a joke about something else and just go give me that wheat. <laughs> <laughs> what a perfect human. I know, I know, incredible. I mean those, I mean those Pete Holmes episodes. Like you're listening to to Harris talk, and I, oh, I was yeah, in yeah. I was in Edinburgh, and I just felt so connected to that show and to him, and it was so sad when he passed away. I mean, yeah, we don't know Harris Wills. So check out. Um, do you know that we're gonna, just going to go on a deep dive comedy Harris Wills thing? <laughs> but do you know when when he passed away, the Aziz wrote a story about yep, them pitching. Yeah, where they're pitching the thing and they have to come up. They're like talking about Aziz's character goes on a late night show. And he's like, it could be Fallon. It could be Colbert. It could be Chris Pontius tonight. <laughs> and he keeps like <laughs> pretending that Chris Pontius from Jackass has his own late night show, but they're doing it for executives. So like, they don't get it. It's for <laughs> no one. It's just to make Aziz laugh. And I'm just like, just like, messing with your friend in a high stakes corporate comedy meeting is the funniest thing I've ever the heard. Greatest thing. <laughs> I, um, such a niche part of that Aziz article was, was Aziz appreciating that Harris knew that the bassist from 311's name was Peanut. Uh, for some reason, I love that so much. I don't know. <laughs> Harris being like a, like a jam band guy, just, I felt like I knew him, you know, like, yeah, he's yeah. Like, like everybody's friend. Yeah. Yeah. He had that, like, that sort of reputation. I mean, you hear him on a podcast. I mean, that's what's great about podcasts, right? It like feels like these, like I know Pete Holmes. Like, I feel like I like really like know yeah. him in a certain sense. Right. It's like, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's so funny. His Tinder, Harris's Tinder bio was, uh, "I'll buy you a couch." A couch, yeah. Yeah, it was like, why? Because women love couches. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I really relate to that because I think that 2014, 2015, I didn't listen to podcasts until after college because I didn't need to because I was being stimulated by like booze and my friends. It was like a real dark like college those four years, like culturally, I wasn't like, Oh, I got to watch all the Oscar movies. But like when I got out, I was like, I need to watch all the Oscar movies because if I don't do that, like I have no one to yeah, talk to. Yeah. I felt the same way. Like college is a vacuum. It's like, what do you care about? It's like, I care about the students at university of Albany. Yeah, <laughs> like, I didn't even college. care about my grades. I was just like, I like to like pull pranks and, and <laughs> did you pull pranks and, in college? Oh yeah. I pulled pranks. So I, you're, uh, such, you're such an improv person. That's such an, <laughs> you're, I'm sorry. That's such an improv kid thing to do. I'm like so straight laced. I like my stand up for me is like this little corner where I get to like be silly and goofy and like craft jokes. And then I go back to like being boring, but you're funny when no one's looking. So tell me, <laughs> Thank you so tell much. me about pranks. Um, just the, so the kind of like long con pranks versus long cons. So yeah, like short instant gratification prank. Like I would, um, hide in the dorm and when my roommates came back i would just blast them with silly string prank classic <laughs> prank like youtube prank yeah 
but then also I remember um, this is so this is so funny that I'm telling this story and it's so weird and probably not funny to anybody else but me. But best. you know how in college um, they have name tags on people's doors in the dorm room where like your RA will write like Kristen on like a tulip and put your name on the door. So, uh, so actually this is so funny. Garden city name drop Claire Furlong and I Mm -hmm. were, uh, both at SUNY Albany for a year and like at the same time. And then she left. But when we were there, we used to pull pranks all the time. And this one was on the way back from the dining hall, we would switch i don't remember their names i can make them up right now like alicia and michelle and we would uh we would walk down the hallway and we would switch two name tags from like one side of the hallway to the other so we would put like michelle's in alicia's spot and michelle's and it's the dumbest shit ever because like it was just for us yeah and when we the next time we came back they were switched back so we would like quietly just like it straight face like it was business just do the same thing again we would switch the name tags and i remember like the third or fourth time we went to go do it we're on the way back from the dining hall and like all we had to do is like look at each other and like nod and and do it it was so psychotic and all of a sudden the door opens right after we switch them and we hear the person come out of the dorm and say who is doing this (laughs) and her and i both just like kept walking like weird outburst like get a grip lady oh my god you gaslit her as you as you totally totally yeah it's so funny to make that prank in the daylight hours sober because that's like a drunk person idea but like you you're rocking that at tuesday at two (laughs) o'clock i also forgot like the best part of that was like at the end we made (laughs) this is this is now uh not well timed but like at the end the last um the last like level of that prank was uh whatever shape was on the door it was like a heart or something we took off that person's name tag threw it out and made a gigantic version of what their label was and put that on the door just real <laughs> sick shit real sick but yeah to in terms of it being like a sober like that's how bored we were like before you're 21 like mm. in in albany where it's so cold and there's like really nothing to do and i think we were freshmen so we weren't like in all the clubs or anything you know yeah yeah i mean like that's that's the beauty of your friends making you laugh like like it's yeah. business like the way you described that is so <laughs> funny like like <laughs> it was business as usual yeah yeah you know what to do yeah um it was, yeah intense. that's hilarious that's hilarious yeah i mean like that's where that's where comedy starts right like like you could kill one night but like when you really get your friend to laugh or like shoot milk out of their nose or whatever like that's a better the best that's the better thing um yeah. And I remember I used to watch Inside the Actor's Studio with my parents when I was a kid. I was like a weird kid. And I just remember Eddie Murphy being like, 
he's describing like, even if you just have a funny friend who like really makes you laugh, he's like, that's enough. And I remember being like, oh, if Eddie Murphy thinks that, then that's like a really sacred thing because yeah. he could very easily be like, yeah, I have the two most influential comedy specials ever. I made a million movies. And he's like, no, 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 your friend. Like that's the, that's the whole thing. That's the audience. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's getting harder and harder to make friends laugh just because now everything is like a meme where it's mm. like I have friends that I'm on their like meme rotation where they'll just like our main like form of contact is like they'll like tag me in a meme on Instagram and I'm like haha but maybe it's just because I haven't been in person hanging out with people a lot where I'm like it's all about the internet now. It's yeah. getting harder and harder to make people laugh out yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, we need to get you in front of more people, Jenny. It'll come I back, I promise. I know. Um, that's, very, that's very funny. Anyway, so we got distracted because Harris was so funny. So you, um, you're listening to Harris. Melissa tells you to take a class. You, find, you start to find your people. But lots of people take one improv class and then, like, don't do it anymore. Um, yeah. But you... You know, you you made it a, a bigger part of your life, um, and my sister again like proves to me all the time that like like Kay really Kay doesn't let like improv and sketch like rule her life. She's like, no, I'm getting something out of this, so I'm gonna like do it in the ways that like make me feel best. And mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, that's a much healthier relationship than I have. I think. Yeah. No. Uh, totally. I wish I had that same notion because I just had this all-in mentality where I was taking like I was taking improv classes at UCB but then I was also taking sketch Mm -hmm. at at UCB actually as well Um, because there's a pathway right and you have like also on the side like these these places are businesses and so it's like you're on a path and you have to like go do the next thing and then you get the next thing and the next thing so I was really like okay this is like where I like to be and this is feels like being in a clubhouse and so I'm gonna go to the next one and meet you know 15 new best friends and yeah it just really was such a yeah it was such a thing i don't know yeah yeah and like everybody in your class is a is a claire for who wants to switch yeah door names everyone else is like yeah. the person who would do that yeah i always <laughs> i love do you have any moments from those classes that you took that stand out because i have one where we were pretending it was like a panel and we're pretending to be experts in something and the teacher gave this to us and he's like all right so you need to you're on the panel and you're trying to you're <laughs> you're trying to get rid of uh you're trying to get rid of numbers. So like, we don't need numbers anymore. And so this guy starts talking, this guy Nemo and somebody goes, well, what about like the number two? And Nemo just goes, that's actually one of the first numbers we're going to get rid of. And I was like, Oh, like this guy's a genius. Like that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like that's one of the first, like we're going to go in order. (laughs) I Um, love that. Yeah. Do you have any, do you have any memories from like stuff other people said? Uh, it could be something you said too. I've, oh, I have a lot of like glory moments in my brain of like, oh, that move was legendary. <laughs> and then that person went on billions and now I'm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am trying to think. I honestly like what I remember is more of like a feeling versus like mm. scenes. There have just been so many. I my, The best note I've ever gotten was uh, was cry funnier. 
<laughs> where I was like crying in a scene and the coach is like cry funnier I I thought that was uh hysterical made me laugh so hard um yeah. I'm trying to think though I don't I wish that I did have like a golden egg moment and I'm sure like as soon as we yeah, go our me. separate I'll, I'll ways I'm intro. gonna be like Gabe <laughs> this is it we uh one of my favorite scenes was uh when I was so in my real life when I was maybe like 11 or 12 years old. Um, my family went to the uh, Hard Rock Hotel. Like we stayed at the Hard Rock Hotel in Florida and it was over winter break. And so we were there around Christmas and they had a Christmas lighting like ceremony in the lobby of the Hard Rock Hotel. And the big celeb that they got to do that Christmas tree lighting was Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Somehow he was available. And, uh, and I got his autograph and I, I literally still have the photo of like me with like short spiky hair, like giving him like my, I think it was like my purse to sign the back of, and it was just so strange because he was the most random celebrity at the time. This was like in sync was like over at this point, <laughs> but in the improv scene, I basically, cause what you do is you draw from experience. If you're stepping out and you're initiating a scene, that's how the scene went. I was like, I kind of recreated that, like a celebrity is coming to this Christmas tree lighting event and it's Chris Kirkpatrick. <laughs> That's so funny. Everybody's got to get ready. It was a lot of fun. Chris the, Kirkpatrick the, is here. Yeah. Yeah. And the best thing is, is explaining like where the inspiration came from afterwards to the group of people who you've just made like do this sick little play of your memory. Yeah. Um, it is it's yeah, so it becomes fun. like your fever dream like because yep. it becomes this like new thing right like the inspiration from your life becomes this other thing yeah it's so playful and fun and suddenly like those yeah. things matter that's what i love about comedy is that like your whole life now suddenly or any type of art really um but like i'm, I'm not gonna write a novel um but like um that stuff matters and it feels i like living a life knowing that the things that happen to me like are useful and not just like really good or really really bad yeah, and then that way they don't have to, like, sound grim, but they don't have to die, those memories, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you're immortalizing them, and you're, like, um, kind of, like, bolstering their importance in the world when you convey them to other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that, for sure. It's such a satisfying thing. It's, it's funny, you say, what is his name, Chris Kirkpatrick? Chris Kirkpatrick. Yeah. Anthony DeVito is an amazing stand-up, and his album dream occupation he tells a story where he like he's like doing stand-up on a cruise ship and he has to host a wine tasting and he's like who's going to be the co-host and it's chris kirkpatrick from insync what <laughs> and he was like okay, highlight of my this. career low light of his career <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing he he honestly seems like a nice guy i'm sure he's, he's so like pleasant nice yeah um, yeah that reminds me of, remember a year ago when NSYNC released, they did like, remember like, oh, they're going to sing the songs on Zoom because we're all like stuck inside. Remember it was like novel to be inside and they did. I don't whatever, remember NSYNC thing? pulling out the big guns. Or maybe it was Backstreet Boys. Ooh, yikes. I think I <sighs> mixed up. We're going to edit this out. There's no way I can allow this <laughs> to be in. Okay. As someone who was f a full person in 1997, I can't, I can't allow, um, 
that confusion to happen. Did you see that documentary that came out about um, the guy that produced? Wait, hang on. It was like a documentary about like all the corruption that went down in the early years of NSYNC and like uh, they had a like manager that like stole so much money from them and they were working for like pennies. Like they were doing all of this intense choreography and like working so, so, so hard. And they saw like a fraction of, of the money that was made. Oh my God. Um, that's, it was sad. Yeah. It's, it's funny to think of like somebody like when you think of exploited labor, like my first and think is not like, like dancing Bats. really hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something kind of funny, especially because they're rich now, of like, like, yeah, they were making pennies on the pennies on the dollar and you just see them like sweating like gesticulating yeah <laughs> like, this is I, the face of exploitation in america yeah like Man, love it or lance bass it. could barely frost his tips with what <laughs> they were paying him <laughs> oh lance if you're listening if anyone's curious it is called the boy band con the lou perlman story Lou Pearlman. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's the guy. Lou, we expected more from you. Did we? (laughs) Did we? When you go into business with Lou Pearlman, (laughs) you get what you deserve. Um, No, I mean, like, I'm sure they're fine now, but that is, I will watch that. Believe me, I'm not a. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Just kind of like a time capsule of nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we're in that age now. Remember like when um, Freaks and Geeks came out and they were like, oh, the 80s, like that's us. That's our relationship now to the 90s. And it's It's so strange to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just like the way time moves in that way. Um, Okay, Jenny. Oh, I I just wrote down. Do you remember that person? We don't have to talk about this, but somebody we, (laughs) we were at a party and somebody in improv was condescending to each of us separately. And then we came together and we're like, hey, was this person just like weird to you? And you were like, yes, they were weird to me. And we had this like moment. We didn't go to school with them. Can you say their name and we can edit it out? Yeah, yeah, I'll edit it out. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I think it's possibly like social anxiety because like everybody, I, I don't remember when or whose party or what it was, but like... I think certain people handle their like social anxiety in certain ways. And that's way less petty than I was being. (laughs) (laughs) I'm editing out you being a bigger person. Okay. (laughs) We can't have this. I thought we were here to talk shit, Jenny. And you're like, Oh, well people have emotional (laughs) things. (laughs) I, yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like everybody, everybody at one point in their life has been a total asshole. And I think like, yeah, I mean, we can shit on this person for being an asshole, but I don't know. Is it better to be, to be condescended by the asshole or to be the asshole? It's better to be condescended because then, because what, what moved me about that moment was just like, we had like, we were each each other's gym looking at the camera. (laughs) We're like, we met up later and we were like, Like, yeah, I got to look in the camera for this. Like, yeah, like we're both. <laughs> Where's the camera? <laughs> for me, it's up here. I know. Um, I just went like that when I went to look into the camera. I don't know what that was about. Um, yeah, I love that. Like having that moment where you're like, okay, am I nuts or 
Is somebody this being rude to me? The worst. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's yeah. what I wanted from you, Jenny. No empathy. <laughs> I... <laughs> no, you had the right response. We all can learn and grow. Um, okay, so we we um, we wrap up shit with a um, with a fill in the blank. The first one is just my relationship to coffee is blank. Over. Did you quit? Yeah, you said coffee, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I used to drink so much coffee because I was a barista. Yeah. Um, and honestly, right now I'm not drinking coffee at all. I'm drinking tea. Oh I like gosh. the odd London fog. Um, but, yeah, I think my body just kind of, like, metabolizes coffee differently, especially also because I'm working from home uh, during the pandemic. So I'm not like up and, you know, going, walking around the office and walking in New York and going on the subway and being angry. Like I'm just kind of sitting around. So, um, so coffee has taken on like all of the caffeine has taken on kind of like the anxiety. Like, am I like, I'm like, is it coffee or is it anxiety? Like, did I drink too much caffeine or am I freaking out about life right now? I don't know. So yeah, I've been, I've been, um, abstaining jenny once again i'm looking for someone to commiserate with and you just come in over the top with your like my life is good taking care of myself people have social anxiety um and that's fine i'm very happy for you but i am are you i i'm becoming addicted to the coffee and i um so that's my relationship to it um uh, my next one is outside of comedy, something you'd like to um, get to do or achieve in your life. I feel like you're not going to like this answer either. Uh, no, no, I, I don't want to be any judgment. I was just, uh, I shouldn't expect anything when I write the questions. So I love like uh, learning languages. Do you really? Like, yeah, I don't know what it is. I think like I I need to always be like doing something and like, I social media doesn't really do it for me right so if I'm like yeah if, if it's like after work or whatever I'll I'll like learn Russian or something to keep my brain like going like yeah 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 I don't know so I would love I mean I'm not I'm not fluent close to it in any way like I just think it's so interesting and I think like there's there's definitely something a switch that goes on in my brain if I can like hear someone speaking like French and have the gist of what they're saying like it almost feels like this sounds a little xenophobic but I'm like it's a secret code that I'm that I'm learning and and I understand and I think there's something so cool about that and so I'm like I want to be fluent in multiple languages for sure like before I'm an old person Jenny that is quite possibly the last thing I thought you were going to say what did you Truly. think I was going to say? I have no idea, but I did not, <laughs> like, I didn't know. What did you take in high school? Spanish. And did you like it? I guess you yeah. did. Yeah, I liked it. It was, it's, yeah, it's took Spanish. And then um, for a while, I was like around a lot of Spanish speaking people. And so I definitely picked up like a ton of Spanish, like when I was barista. Yeah. Um, and some people I worked with only spoke Spanish. So that was yeah. like a selfishly a great way for me to like practice of uh, like speaking yeah. Spanish beyond like when I took it in high school and stuff. Yeah. My dad, my, so my mom's an Italian professor and my dad speaks perfect present tense Spanish from high school. 
and but he can't say anything in the past like he just like, never <laughs> learned but like he'll have full i saw him give a speech once in spanish wow. for, like jockeys because he just like uh, it was like half in english half in spanish so he like they brought in 10 jockeys and they're like drew's gonna talk to you about like how to spend your money like what not to do what to do stuff like that um Wow. And so both my parents have ears for it, and I just like do not like I've I've I took German, and then I I took two year, two semesters of Italian after freshman year of college, um, one with my mom actually, and um, German is interesting. Yeah, it's a German's weird one. Tough. There's yeah. a uh, over t- little tangential, but over the pandemic, I watched this show. I watched two German shows that I loved. Um, one of them is called Dark. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. It's like a subtitle uh, show. Mm-hmm. And then another one is called Babylon Berlin. Have okay. you heard of either of them? I've heard of Babylon Berlin. Yeah, so good. And then Dark is dark is very... When I was talking earlier about um, feeling existential watching TV, Dark yeah. is definitely one of those where it's just about like time travel and like um, it kind of follows that like classic, like um, the you know, protagonist of the story, like something, something bigger, like larger than life happens to them. And like, suddenly their life is like full of meaning beyond what they thought it was very Harry Potter kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's very goofy and very like grim. Um, So I recommend it. If that sounds good to you. Yeah. Um, But I think German is very cool. Yeah. I, um, I wish I had kept it up in my life when it comes up and like it becomes useful. Sometimes an improv it would become useful. I would like, um, but then when, when I remember going to Italy and seeing they had signs that said Tutti con Silvio. And I was like, oh, together with Berlusconi. It's political, like they're oh. trying to like convert. And I was like, I felt so, it's such a good feeling. Powerful. You're right. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, I know what's going on. I can read the propaganda. <laughs> Yeah, that's so interesting. What a what an interesting way to look at that. Like it makes you feel secure. It's almost like having control yeah. over over the the situation that you're in. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna check out both those shows. Um, okay, two more questions. So I asked you um, something outside of comedy. Inside of comedy, what's something you'd like to accomplish? And I, I am very reticent of not tying this to like money or like. I want to like write for a show because it's just like a real crapshoot. Like I'm learning and I'm just like, so like what's something you want to make or be a part of that you think like would be satisfying? I honestly, it sounds a little, uh, it sounds very attainable. I think having, I've never had like a solid five minutes that I feel really proud of. Jeez, I've never had a, a solid answer. five minutes that I, that I've practiced over and over, that I've workshopped. Like I've always, it's like a, um, going back to doing comedy is vulnerable and like feeling like I, I don't want to over prepare yeah. because then if it bombs, like it's it's a direct blow to my self-esteem, right? Like it's too vulnerable. But I think like now that I've had the chance to reflect on that, I want to go for it and just like have a set that I'm really proud of and be able to to do it and do it consistently. That's such a good answer. And I'll tell you why it's a good answer. (laughs) The other ones were bad. This was a good one. Um, That's such a good answer because I was in a, (laughs) I used to, (laughs) I used to do community theater in addition to being insufferable during school hours. And um, 
we had this drummer, this guy, Mike Vini, and he was a professional drummer and he would go and he would speak about, he would do like mental health talks because he had some mental health struggles. Uh, and he's a professional musician. And in high school, like music was a thing that was really important to me. And I, I, one day he like brought us out, me and Chris Cherry and a couple of us who were in the play. He like took us to a diner and we're talking about music and we're talking about whatever. And I say, Mike, like, what's the goal? Like, do you want a, like a Grammy? Like what, like, what are you, what are you doing? And he goes, and I'll never forget this. He goes, I have this drum book at home. That's like really kicking my ass. And I was like, wow. oh yeah, the drum book. <laughs> like that's what he does. He's he's not a he's not chasing a Grammy. He's trying to get better at the thing. <laughs> like who cares what the other like? And yeah. so she's saying a five minutes like really like movement. I was like, oh yeah, that's the whole thing. I think that there, especially with comedy, there is like a a big reality check where I think when you first start doing it, you're like. I'm going to get on Fallon. Like I'm going to yeah, be like yeah. a late night stand up. I'm going to like work, whatever. But the, with anything in life, there's always a possibility that that won't happen. Yeah. And so I think like uh, sometimes like striving to get the Grammy versus like just being able to figure out the drum book, like that's almost saying like, I'm not postponing my happiness. I'm going to be happy now and if the grammy happens baby it happens yeah you know but but maybe yeah. it won't and yeah. that's okay too but the thing i can be excited about the thing i can attain is today yeah or like at least a step towards it that's a really beautiful answer jenny i'm um uh, i'm really glad you said that and not like um i just want to stand with jimmy and like <laughs> talk about what it's like to do cocaine be before SNL. work <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I want to be on it. Yeah, because you you work your whole life to get on SNL and then fucking Elon Musk is the host. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, like everyone, 90% of the people that like I know of on who work on that show are going to be like, fuck. Yeah, I think also like things like SNL or are, it is a poster child or like a like um, uh, something off into the distance that you say like that only then will I be like fulfilled and happy. But then things like that you get on and you're like, well, now I'm looking for something else. Like what's my new SNL? And it's just your job. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I feel like there's a quote that probably summarizes what I'm trying to say, but, but being able to like sit in what you're doing and feel fulfilled versus like always looking for the next thing, because then you like, it never ends. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't enjoy the drum book or the five minutes, like you're not going to enjoy the Grammy. Yeah. You just won't. You have no chance. Yeah. Um, that's really well said, Jenny. I'm so glad. Um, I'm so glad that's where we where we end up. And the the last question, and this is an homage to a podcast that we both love and appreciate. And I want you to feel like we just you just did you made it weird. So I'm going to ask you, what is the time you laugh the hardest? Oh, I love that. <laughs> okay, uh, we're keeping it crispy. Huh? Yeah, I was going to ask you to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I honestly. The hardest. I feel like I'm always laughing. So uh, my boyfriend is the funniest person in the world and we live together. So I'm always like crying, laughing. (laughs) And he's going to hate me for saying this, but the time I've laughed the hardest is recently. um, I got into not not anything he did on purpose, but he misspoke and said, uh, walnart instead of walnut. (laughs) (laughs) And 
it's so dumb and it's like in spite of him but i laughed so hard i fell off like the chair that i was sitting on because he said walnut instead of walnut and i i live for those moments that's the juice for me yeah yeah oh walnut make t-shirts that's so yeah that's your merch dude uh, <laughs> it writes itself. I thought you were gonna say Walmart, and then when you said Walnut, I was Plus, like, uh, Walnut, <laughs> Walmart, <laughs> Walmart. That would be a little. That would be excusable. That's fine. But he was going. For, he was just going in a different direction. The poor yeah, guy. It's like his brain was moving faster than his mouth was. Isn't it, isn't it so funny how we're all laughing at him and he's right there? <laughs> <laughs> Walmart. um my goodness uh jenny well thank you for doing this i appreciate it this was so fun Thanks for having me this hour flew by um and let's hope that it saves on my dad's computer we don't have to do it again (laughs) (laughs) because i'm gonna have to pretend with the same joy that i heard walnut the first time and (laughs) i mean i can fake it like i'm up for the i was daddy warbucks but (laughs) 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 but um but I hope I don't have to because uh, this was really great. Yeah. Thanks so much. Of course. Thank you, Jenny. And I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. We're going to get tea for you and coffee yes. for me. All right. Yes. <laughs> I'll see you All right. Bye. Bye. So that was Jenny Klepka. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Quick reminder that if you want to see me do stand-up every Thursday at QED, 7 p.m. Tonight's show, if you're listening to this the day this comes out, is sold out, but find a Thursday in the future. We're outside unless there's inclement weather, in which case we'll be inside. Um, That's the plan. If we're inside, it's limited capacity. And the shows are going to be great. I'm booking them with the very funny Lauren Hope Crass. And every week I will either be hosting or doing a set on the lineup. And I'm booking half the show. So half the comedians. Um will be uh, handpicked by yours truly. So that'll be really fun. Links in my Instagram bio, et cetera, et cetera. And finally, if you love the show, throw it up on Instagram stories. There's lots of people doing that. Tag me in in them too, because sometimes people post them and I don't, If unless you tag me in it, I don't see it. And so like, I'm sure there's people that have done it and I don't know who you are, which made me sad. Um, so definitely tag me in it because I want to thank you on air. Is this air? I don't know. I'm walking on air. I'm walking on sunshine. How many other things can you walk on? Okay. This is becoming a little indulgent. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. (laughs) 